Ladies and gentlemen, welcome aboard the TV Pilot's License, flight number 55, with service to the Gladiator Arena. We ask that you please fasten your headphones, secure your podcasting device, and remember, in case of a spandex emergency maneuver, please make sure to put spandex on yourself before assisting your neighbor. Welcome to the TV Pilot's License. My name is Jeff Kerbis, joined by Max Singer and Rich Inman. How are you boys doing today? Let me tell you something here, Jeff. I came here to talk about TV pilots and kick some asses, and I'm all out of asses to kick today. gentlemen i just want to say i can only think of one word for to describe this episode and that episode and that word is beef oh my gosh well (laughs) gentlemen i'm super excited to talk about a show that i actually grew up with and um that is american gladiators uh but before we dive too deep into this Coke-fueled 90s WWE. <laughs> oh, you immediately with, made this scary. <laughs> with, with, with steroids in between. Max, do you mind telling folks what this podcast is all about? Here at TV Pilots License, we break down and analyze the pilot episodes of some of TV's most famous, or in some cases, infamous shows. We learn about how these shows came to be and were originally made, if they're effective pilot episodes and making us want to watch more, and if we think they could be made today. Go back and stream our old episodes from wherever you get your podcasts uh, from. Check us out on YouTube to see our buff, flexing, and smiling faces. And if it is your first time flying with us, then welcome aboard, brother. (laughs) (laughs) And Rich, what is your question of the week? We are so close to getting a cease and desist from the WWE. (laughs) Uh, All right. Well, obviously, this is the campiest sports piece of entertainment i've ever seen whatsoever and i think one of the most exciting parts about it one of the reasons that people tuned in for so long is that it has recognizable faces you have the gladiators who are part of this and obviously we're gonna meet them soon but they have names like malibu gemini zap sunny nitro the famous nitro um i want to know what is your american gladiator name and what is their extremely cheesy uh slogan that you're gonna give at the front of every episode max why don't you kick us off oh jeff jeff's keeping us in the dark he's only thought about this for his entire life he's got to build the suspense (laughs) uh so i I was looking over a list of all of the gladiators in this show's history and they're all like short concise little one word names and so i decided to make my gladiator name lightning and this lightning does strike twice (laughs) Woo! <laughs> Holy shit! Ooh, oh I like my it. god! Um, well, you know, I I went with a different direction. I <laughs> I went with something that would uh, strike fear in the hearts of men. Yeah, uh, and I decided to, to go Jeff. with Jeff. Uh, Jeff with a J <laughs> specifically. Uh, but no, I. I <laughs> As much as I would love to, that would just be the funniest thing, right? Could you imagine? It's like, here's Malibu, here's Gemini, and here's Jeff. Uh, (laughs) But um, I I love a puntastic name, and I had to go with Curb Stomp. Curb Stomp would, uh, and then as far as the, like, the saying, it's, uh, once you meet him, you come out with a little more fear and a few less teeth. And like Ooh. that is 
terrifying. Like, like literally, like I, I would be like, oh, oh shit. Like, okay, what did what, I, why did I sign up for this? What I love about that, Jeff, is that the tagline like really works and it's really concise and it rhymes and then it just falls apart like that. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Uh, R- all right. Yeah. Well, Rich. you've heard of Malibu. Well, my name is Calabasas. Yeah, it means pumpkins. So what? <laughs> I'm coming to your town in my Mercedes G wagon, and I'm going to run you down and then sue you afterwards. Oh my gosh! Well, Rich, thank you for that awesome question of the week. Before we dive into American Gladiator, a quick word from our sponsors. Hi, I'm Erica. And I'm Cassandra. And we're the hosts of Trashy Trashy. We're a podcast filled with trashy news stories and garbage people. Did you leave the scene of an accident to go tanning? Do you refer to wearing the strap down on your Crocs as sports mode? Have you ordered Domino's online before they even open in the morning? Are you switching the same AAA batteries from your TV remote to your vibrator instead of just buying more batteries? Or are you normal? Check us out wherever you download podcasts. Welcome back, uh, and super excited to talk a little bit more about this ridiculous TV show that does, in fact, exist. Uh, but before we do so, I cannot wait to see your two faces when I describe the synopsis for the show. <laughs> the teams compete in such events as Powerball, Assault, The Wall, and Hang Tough. The eliminated round decides the winner of the tournament. We're given nothing. We we don't know who who does the who who do these things. Um, what what is this thing like, um, Max? Yeah, that is a TV Guide channel description if I've ever seen one. <laughs> Max, can you tell us a little bit more about how this thing got made? Today we are talking about the premiere of American Gladiators, titled yeah. Round One Preliminaries, which originally aired on December thirty first, nineteen eighty eight. Who stayed in to watch this on New Year's Eve? I want to get to know you. <laughs> <laughs> think you're kissing at midnight is these fists so today we're going to be talking about two gentlemen by the names of john ferraro and dan carr and our story begins in erie pennsylvania where a union iron worker dan carr and an elvis impersonator get in trouble with the law (laughs) john ferraro put on a show at a high school gym called king of the country a low budget rust belt recreation of the feats put on display in the ancient Roman Colosseum. It's like that TikTok trend about the the Roman Empire come to life in real time. (laughs) So Dan Carr recruits all of these basically union workers from the Erie PA area to compete in strength competitions for a chance to win $500. A pool of truck drivers, electricians, and other blue-collar workers duke it out to an audience of 5,000 people in a high school gym. Ferraro hires a camera crew to film this spectacle, hoping to pitch it to Hollywood. He spent six years in L.A. trying to get his concept sold before finally licensing the rights to Samuel Goldwyn Jr. We should note that Ferraro effectively cuts out his partner and by many accounts creator of the original Eerie Jim show, Dan Carr, out of the equation entirely. Ferraro's lawyers cut Carr out of the money and control Carr's public appearances and ability to speak out his involvement in creating the show. To most people who ended up actually working on American Gladiators, they had no idea who Dan Carr actually was. Cutting people out of the equation and that next man up mentality is actually going to be a reoccurring theme in the history of American Gladiators. So auditions for Ferraro's Gladiators 
take place in Lake Balboa Park in 1988, looking for athletes who are naturals in front of the camera. Yes. I was just there last weekend. Hopefuls who came out to the valley, ran football drills, and the narrowed pool picked from a list of personalities and delivered improvised lines in character. A very low-budget pilot (laughs) was filmed at the Los Angeles Equestrian Center in Burbank, just absolutely covered in horse shit. They put on (laughs) this really cheap, (laughs) janky version of American Gladiators in this dirt-filled training center. Uh, They take a seven-minute pilot presentation, and this is a concept we don't really see anymore, but they bring it to the National Association of Television Executives Convention with the goal of trying to sell the show into syndication. So rather than try and just pitch it to one network specifically, they're trying to find local affiliates who agree to pick it up. They successfully signed up stations around the country for a 13-episode order, shooting the entire thing in just two weeks on the Universal backlot. To give it credibility and make it feel like the sports movies that Ferraro loved, he actually got composer Bill Conti, best known as the brains behind Gonna Fly Down, the Rocky score, to do the music and theme song. And brings an NFL broadcaster and Cannonball Run 2 actor, Joe Theismann, to host. (laughs) My dog. Now, this is actually a pretty appropriate show for us to do right now. Because a big part of what actually got American Gladiators bought by so many stations at that convention was a need for unscripted shows during the 1988 WGA strike. Which lasted 154 days, the longest writer's strike in history at that point. The show, ironically, that was the brainchild of a union iron worker in Erie, PA, would see him cut out of the equation entirely and then made it to air to fill primetime network slots in a writer's strike. Wow. I mean, I guess. (laughs) So you're saying it's Scabapalooza here down here at TV Pilots License. So you're saying there's a chance that I could pitch this right now. I mean, I, I know we'll get to this in, in legacy, I'm sure, but like there, there was a very short-lived reboot. Yes, of there this was, and we'll talk about it in 2008. Also <laughs> during a writer's strike. Oh my gosh! Well, Max, thank you so much for that little peek into how this got made. You got uh, it, brother. Oh my god, that's Once the again. 2008 <laughs> revival, not this one. So let's uh, let's talk about. American Gladiator in a little bit more depth. And holy shit, the <laughs> opening of this show, just with a gigantic man who is on every single steroid he can eat, inject, or find, <laughs> named Malibu. And we just are told this is Malibu, the cool, laid back surfer at home on the beach. And at first, I was like, I think I have the wrong pilot. A hundred percent. I do. I do want to just for all of these intros. They're perfect. It's so it's so quintessentially <laughs> 80s. It's so we're scrapping through this pilot immediately where we barely wrote these down. We didn't. You There is like the I think you should leave moment of like you had all summer to try to figure out what you do and you couldn't figure it out on air. <laughs> This, so, I love these so much. This opening intro, though, is it's it's like it's two different intros happening because you're right. It's like these roided out bodybuilder, you know, gladiators. And then the VO that's introing them sounds like the same person who does Supermarket Sweep where it's like, who's got the cornflakes? You do. Like, <laughs> you're on. So, like, let, let's talk about some of these gladiators, what we meet, what like what are some of our thoughts when we see them? So we we meet Malibu. 
who's rocking the sickest mullet uh, that probably we have ever seen at this point in time in history. Very in fashion uh, for Gen Z. Um, <laughs> then we meet Gemini, who his big difference maker is that he's suffering from a mental health issue of having split personalities. Yeah, chalk that up on the big on the big board of wait a minute moments. On and this one. in other ways of differing him apart, as opposed to Malibu, who's just wearing this like gigantic one piece bodysuit of spandex, Gemini's rocking a crop top, and it is it it's pretty dope. Let let's Hell just yeah, admit dude. it. Like you know what, more crop top for men. Uh, like I am all about that, and I was definitely taking fashion notes as a whole. Got two um, words for you, Jeff. Mid riff, let's do it. <laughs> um, and then who who do we meet next? Who's one of the other ones that stuck out to you when you're seeing these? Uh, uh, we got gladiators? lace. I think we got lace coming up next, which is such a fascinating choice because they the you only get one of two options if you're a woman competing on this show. You have to be like the sexy demure one or you're going to be the one that does more roids than gemini <laughs> well well no but to be fair um there also is sunny who they just call the all-american girl Truly. which just like did not like it was like very much what the fuck are you talking about yeah. like, and just and justice for sunny in this pod because i think that she's the only gladiator who doesn't get to actually do a challenge against a competitor by themselves. I think mm -hmm. apart from the one where it's like a three on one, we don't actually see Sonny in, in this at all. There, there's so much of everyone else, particularly for the women. It's a lot of zap and lace and we get nothing from Sonny. Justice for yeah. Sonny. Yeah. And like that, that's one of the interesting things is like, as we go through the way that they set this up, it's very much, one gladiator at a time facing off against each of these competitors uh, before we dive too deep into the format of this competition as a whole, just some of the other competitors that we have. Uh, we have Zap uh, who considers herself the um, like the Terminator, which was absolute pythons on Zap. I'm yeah. Zap, <laughs> Zap. Absolutely. I just have written in my notes. Um, Zap considers herself strong, silent, a terminator. And I just said also could kick anyone's ass uh, given the time. Zap just also completely rejects her character name as Zap because every time they cut to her, every time they talk to her, like or one of the commentators, she's like, I'm the terminator. It's like, no, your name is Zap. And she's like, I'm <laughs> no. the terminator. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Remember? Hey, hey, Sh hey, Cheryl, Cheryl, really quick. Remember, we can't use that name. We will get sued again. <laughs> And then Please don't um, make us cut you out of the pilot. We have Nitro, who is cocky, explosive, and always aggressive. Um, this was the outfit that I just went, what the fuck is happening? Because did you guys notice it was like two pieces of clothing making an, making an X and just like the abdomen yeah, was showing and like a nipple could fall out at any point in time on this man's outfit if he moves hard enough? I, I think... I, I don't think it's like Instagram. I think nipples are allowed on the uh, on eighties TV. Is that a, is that still the case? I I mean, free the nipple first of all. Yeah. I think we're all free the nipple fans uh, on this podcast, specifically after, on on ABC. 
After they sell us on the gladiators, though, they're still trying to sell us on the concept of the show. A lot of what happens in the first few minutes is them still trying to convince us of what we're watching. And they just start giving descriptions of what the show is. Oh, yes, like, this is great. I have and, this and written it's down. Like, it's like there's like, you know, there's feats of strike, there's courage, there's challenges. And then they just say, it's visually interesting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they have, they have. So the exact <laughs> phrasing, which is wild, is confrontational, exciting, and fast-paced, action-oriented, visually action interesting, oriented. <laughs> and capable of producing emotional moments. This sounds like someone is trying to pep someone up at, like, a work retreat, where they're like, tell me five nice things about Jeff. And it's like oriented <laughs> is how I would describe the fourth installment of the John Wick series. So... <laughs> One thing that, like, so we've met these gigantic gladiators, like literally in some senses of the word, these are giant human beings. In other senses of the word, we are building them up to be so tall, you guys to be. Well, and that's one of the things that stood out to me is we literally the last person we see is Sonny and Sonny. I don't know how tall they are, but is a much larger woman than the normal than the average bear then we meet our competitors you know and we see frankie whose interests are skydiving and i immediately say oh no (laughs) this human being is so much smaller than who they're competing against and i am so genuinely concerned for their well-being When, when they're going through the competitors like interests and fun facts though it's like okay so you have someone who's uh She's into skydiving. Okay, she's a daredevil. She's extreme. They introduce the next person as this person's a black belt. Okay, you know, they could kick some ass. And then the first guy comes out. He's like, he's a credit analyst for a bank. <laughs> <laughs> and then John. But that uh, that so, dude is jacked. The credit analyst so, is, yeah, is jacked. We do find ass. out that he played in the NFL. But yeah, he's, yeah he's so we have huge. We have Frankie, uh, who's skydiving. Brenda, who's a first degree in black belt. In uh, first degree black belt. And then Craig Williams, who played in the NFL, he was on the New England Patriots. Uh, is like a credit analyst. And then John Shumsky, who is just a hockey enthusiast. J.K. He yeah. got drafted by the St. Louis Blues. Yeah, like, a hockey enthusiast. He's like that. Pretty they good play at the it. Guy, they played the guys down so much. It's a credit analyst and a hockey enthusiast from Bedford, Mass. No, let me tell you about a fucking hockey enthusiast from Bedford, so, Mass. Okay, if the Bruins don't start getting some fucking <laughs> goaltending. Can we, look? so after we meet these competitors, then we, like, I forgot Joe Theismann was on the first season of this show. And boy, was I so fucking pumped to see <laughs> Joe in a full tux introducing what we were doing here, what was going to happen, and really the rules of the event. How yeah, do we Joe, think... Joe, Joe Thais yeah. was out here like, I had my, uh, you know, my, my legs snapped off. I had a career-ending knee injury, and now I get to watch all of you get your knees broken. <laughs> How do it's we think Joe, Joe did as a whole, like being a host of this ridiculous concept of a game show? There is a crazy expectation of uh athletes to try to be good at entertainment at the end at the end of their careers for a lot of people now just because some people have been so successful at it like pat mcafee lebron um uh, uh, others you know, others <laughs> other examples uh, uh 
specific people for the from the Buffalo Bills who happened to hold a lot of running yards for a long time. Uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. The list goes on. There's like there there is that expectation from a lot of people because I know they get a lot of pressure from their agents to be like, hey, I know you're not playing anymore. What if you still made money for both of us? And and I, I really don't think that he's he did fine. It was like it, it seemed like a big swing for national television and a and a pilot that they're trying to sell. Like he he was fine. He was so, he was hosting Monday Night Football at this point. He had yeah. called a Super Bowl. Like the the bars on the floor. You stand there. You know which camera to look into. You you hit your mark. You say <laughs> your lines. It's not it's not a high bar. You know what it rem- remind me of a lot actually was our our the Nick Arcade pilot in the sense that like they still kind of are not positive what they want this to be. And I think they're like, it'll reveal itself to us. American Gladiators will, will reveal itself as a as its own thing soon. But until then, I'm going to describe to you in detail and over and over again what the show is. Yeah. And I think that one thing that also they were probably going for is we want this to have sports announcers as opposed to. You know, if we look at like American Ninja Warrior right now, mm-hmm. where they have um, a former athlete paired with a comedian, and maybe mm-hmm. that's one thing that this show is missing is having that comedy aspect as far as like someone to joke about how the competitors are doing. Because like Joe tried his hardest, uh, and we're not even talking about uh, Mike. Uh, I think it's a Ad- Adamel. Uh, who actually went on to have a pretty good career with WWE. Um, so might have been a little bit more built for this type of work after his career in the NFL. But you need that juxtaposition of the expert and then the play-by-play guy. And really, we were trusting Joe to do a lot of heavy lifting. Well, I think the show just takes itself so seriously. This, is trying, to, this is trying to sell itself as sport and not even like the entertainment way of like you know back then wwf like this is trying to be genuine sport they let you know that we have multiple nfl players amongst our ranks um both your host and your main commentator are former nfl players and college all-americans like they're trying to sell you on the athletic feats versus that like humor element, like the entertainment side that I think we see with like competitive shows on TV today. Yeah. It's, it's definitely something where I, I appreciate what it was trying to do. Uh, but at the same time, you know, there, there's something to be said about not having just athletes talk about sports all the time uh, and have someone who, you know, as JW said, you know, sometimes the hardest people on camera are football players and yeah. You know what both of these hosts had in common? They both played football. Uh, (laughs) So let's talk a little bit about the rules, what the setup of the show is, what we're informed. And the idea is there's two male contenders, two female contenders that will be competing against the gladiators. uh, And based upon how they do in each event, they will get awarded points. Contender with the most points uh, will move on to the next round as this is just a gigantic tournament. And this was the part that stood out to me. The prize for winning this entire tournament is only $10,000 and the potential prize of becoming an American gladiator, like on the show. That's it. That is what, when we ask what we are really competing for, not much is the answer. 
Yeah, from what I know about the uh, the eventual like labor disagreements for this show and like eventual walkouts and stuff like that that ended up happening with some of the American gladiators, I could tell that that's not a great prize. <laughs> to, to actually to join as an American gladiator is worse than just taking the ten thousand dollars and not doing anything. So before we dive into just our impressions, I I need to bring our attention to our contestants a little bit because there were some gold moments just listening to these people talk because uh, this falls into the trap of what I like to call NBC Olympic like bait where you're doing these, you're trying to get these emotional moments or like these talking heads from the competitors. And the first time that John opened his mouth, I don't think I've heard a larger Boston accent in my entire fucking life. Like this is truly, this is what I expect when someone says they have a Boston accent. It is this man who walks around with his cup of Dunkin' Donuts that it, he's had all fucking morning. And he also yeah, this dude is a walking crawler. He is pocking cause <laughs> every single day. Like w- were there any other moments from these contestants that stood out to you as like, holy shit, like we might have something here. So, so there's two lines for me specifically. There's two confessional moments. And the first one is they ask John Shumsky from Bedford mass Hmm? about the use of steroids in sports, particularly bodybuilding. And I want to get your guys' opinion on this because John poses an interesting theory. And I just want to see if you agree because John Shumsky tells us that bodybuilding it's about building the body. And I just want to get your thoughts on that. Yeah, I, I couldn't have said it better myself. And he, he's really been he really put into a very um, he put into a very short sentence what I've been trying to articulate for decades. <laughs> the, oh, my the God. other the other one for me is when Brenda, our 19 year old college student slash black belt. And I believe they said like U.S. women's karate champion at one point. Yeah, they were, yeah. she is talking about karate with the thickest Southern drawl I've ever heard. And all I can think about is like the jokes about like Elvis Presley doing karate. Like, yeah. all right, we're talking about karate. Yeah. <laughs> and the, the person who was interviewing her literally called it karate. And she was like, you mean karate? And, then, <laughs> like, and I was once, just like, once I put on my gi and I step into that dojo, I'm a different person. And then we're not even talking about Frankie, this uh, woman who is a model who they literally before her first event is are like, yeah, that's not really going to help you here. Uh, was that she mentioned that she grew up with two older brothers who would run around with knives in their home. Like, and I just was like, oh no, like Frankie definitely isn't alive anymore. Like well, definitely kind of one fucking of Napoleon dynamite ass <laughs> houses. Did she grow up? in? <laughs> but yeah, like all of these athletes or these competitors definitely, I think they were in slightly more in on the joke or the, the concept of this or the idea that, Hey, this might be a slight comedy because like even in moments of wins or moments of losses, like Craig Williams was fucking chewing the scenery with like some of his comments. Like my man, Craig is, was like, he, he's my star of the show because like I leave this episode caring more about him mm-hmm. than I do some of these um, gladiators. In well, some I think sense. you're, I think you're onto something. I think Craig is the only person who fully understands what's happening around him 
and plays into it. Cause yeah, he's the one who's mean mugging the camera. He's cracking smiles. He's making one liners back and he's getting the closest to what the gladiators are bringing. I think, you know, Brenda comes in and she's got strategy and she's super disciplined mm-hmm. and that's, that's great. And obviously it suited her well in the competition. It's not great TV though. No, but, but Craig <clears throat> is so keyed into what he's doing and he was delightful at every event. He's he was also having the most fun doing the entire competition. Oh, hundred percent. We were right around, especially at the, at this, at this time in the eighties, you're right around the explosion of like professional wrestling. You're on the heel, uh, you're on the heels of, um, glow becoming an important like a a popular thing um the gorgeous ladies of wrestling who for those who aren't familiar and and that is a a, you you're seeing a lot of like world building that they're trying to do they're trying to create characters especially for the gladiators and i think craig just gets that and feeds off of it and i think he's probably seen some like maybe some wrestler or some like football teammates and stuff like that try out the wrestling angle and stuff like that you are building uh, especially around this time of like uh, athletes getting more FaceTime with cameras, building more of a persona themselves, having it be more about them as a brand and less about like the team as a whole. I mean, you got like Magic Johnson, you have Deion Sanders, you have like a lot of people who are like starting to be really big names in them in on their own, not just like with the team that with the sport that they're competing in. So before we dive into like actual highlights of some of the events that we saw, um, Max, in our notes, it just says, why am I aroused? And I would really like to get your understanding. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know where that came from. I don't, I don't know why you're looking at me. I, anyone could have written that community. though. I don't know what you're talking about. I, <laughs> but like, what, what were your, or what were your overall impressions of just like, let's exclude the events themselves. Let's talk about like the concept of this show, the concept of like having these very athletic human beings in some senses compete against maybe less successful athletes um, in some sense of the word, but also then trying to be like the, the example that I go to right away is the person who played Gemini, right? Gemini, I feel like was trying, told you are going to be doing the most as far as being in character, like trying to be given lines and stuff. When, he was the most like, articulate. Yeah. <laughs> like it, it, I, I hate that, to say it, but in some senses of the word, he was given this idea of you're the person who's portraying what a gladiator is. And mm-hmm. we saw WWF and we think you need to have those like lines that have already been given to you by a writer. And you have to be able to deliver them in some sense of the word very, very well. Um, Because there was a moment where Gemini lost a competition and then was just like, he had this line that he just went to immediately. And I was like, my, my dude, uh, my dude is not coming up with that on his own. He definitely was given that by someone around the corner. I think for me, what this show just feels like and is so indicative of is like, it's the network fun for the whole family encapsulation of this like obsession with the the humid form and muscle and fitness of the 80s. You have the biggest movie stars in the world at this point are 
Arnold Schwarzenegger, mm-hmm. Jean-Claude Van Damme, Sylvester Stallone, these just macho men, these, you know, Mr. Olympia types. You have Hulkamania and wrestlers crossing over into real mainstream success and not mm-hmm. just this road show like it was in the 60s and 70s anymore. And this takes that and it puts it on, you know, every basic TV channel and puts it in a real fun, exciting, glossy family version. There's not there's not blood like in WWF. There's not blood like in Rambo and the Terminator. It's a thing mm-hmm. that you could get those ideals from, but is a lot more sanitized. And I, I think that's what draws people to it. And it's such it's such a work in progress when you're watching it, because clearly they have no idea what's going on. The, the first event that Gemini takes part in, they ask him about like what kind of moves and what his strategy is. And he says, the only move I'm concerned about, that's competitive moves. And I don't know what the hell that means. <laughs> but, but Rich, you, but that's you know just expert like, level thinking. But you, yeah, he's played 40 chess here. <laughs> so, Rich, what about you before we Ooh. dive into these events? Well, I was thinking, I don't see a lot of shows that feature a like contestant versus expert thing as much anymore. Like I know there's Iron Chef and stuff like that. Iron Chef is I think is like the closest competition like style that I've seen to this and in, in a long time because it's uh, all shows that are testing like feats of strength and stuff like that. And that's probably for legal liability at this point now, knowing that, like, you know, people are getting injured or like, you know, there is like drug use and stuff like that among the uh, among the people who are the gladiators. There is a there is a cool feeling of like, here's what we're putting up against the best possible athletes that can come and like the best like regular Joe athletes that want to come test their skills. Everything right now is an obstacle course. Um, uh what is it? What, what's the what's the one on ABC? It's like a wipeout wipeout. Yeah, yeah, sure. yeah, there's wipeout. There's American Ninja Warrior. It is you're going up against what we could create in the studio, not just here's who we have who are going to like try to kick your ass. This is about, um, you know, I, I just think it's really about like uh, making the personalities of the gladiators at the forefront and for essentially you know what we deal with with pilots here anyways is world building and uh and building backstory and uh and things like that and i think they are trying to do that i think they're like for a show with supposedly no writers they're like really trying to throw together something that means that stays significant for through episode two and beyond, which I thought was, was very interesting. Yeah. I, I definitely think this is one of those pilots where we have to almost watch it as like, you know, um, from the perspective of the time, like you said, Max of like, Hey, biggest stars were these human beings who look a lot like the people you're seeing on TV. Um, this is a product of the eighties and early nineties as a whole. And that phenomenon and then it, it dives into something that I think we all ask ourselves or think about, like when we watch the Olympics every year. And that is like, what would a normal per what? <laughs> well, yeah, sure. Max, Max secretly is an Olympic level athlete. He chooses not to because it would be unfair every, every, to the every rest sport. of the yeah. pick, pick one, anyone. <laughs> um, but the, the thing that I think we all ask is like, what would a normal human being look like against these world-class athletes? Um, there are now Instagram accounts that dedicate themselves to this idea. 
right? Yeah. Of like, which I, I absolutely love, but like, let's see it, but let's try to make it sexy is like sort of the, the feeling that I have as we said Max was aroused when he watched this show. Well, no one uh, knows who wrote that. No, it's, no it's, one's it saying looks like that he signed anyone this. was yeah, aroused. It, it looks, it looks yeah. really weird. You said, like, I got off of my shift, and then I was extremely aroused in my work outfit. Also, this I, is Max Singer, know. and I'm writing this, and uh, and I have two witnesses who are signed below. Yeah, MK, <laughs> MK said to stop, question mark? Anyone can be a legal notary. I don't know what we're talking about. <laughs> well, let's, uh, let's dive into some of these events. So instead of giving y'all who are listening a play-by-play we would be here probably for two hours we're just going to talk about some of the highlights of some of the events that we did see in this pilot and we'll tell you where to find this episode if you want to watch it afterwards but let's just start off with the joust um i'm going to say this is the second most violent uh thing that we see happen in this entire episode but the premise is Y'all are on a small piece of, uh, you know, wood. You're walking around. You have jousting opportunities. Um, and go at it to knock the first person off and good fucking luck. Um, any major takeaways from either of you from this jousting moment? This is what I think of when I think of American gladiators. Like this is. You know, we'll we'll get to like them shooting tennis balls at people and stuff like that. That's obviously like another like formative moment, but there's nothing crazier than the joust. The joust is what you think of when you think of this franchise. Yeah, this has the most clear set of instructions, the most clear set of how you earn points. Because some of these competitions, I I don't know yeah, how we're getting real fingers. totals. They work out, but this is two people with giant. Uh, cotton swabs. padded two foam padded cotton swabs just whacking each other with them it, it's it's clear it's sport i understand what i'm watching yeah and one of the things that this does that i absolutely love is there's a moment where one of the gladiators cheats uh and uses <laughs> their hands and then out it's of the nowhere first thing we see it's yeah. the first event on this show the so not only cheats. not only do we learn that gladiators can cheat and get caught but there is a man named the judge who is dressed in very close to a gimp outfit, uh, who then, who then Jeff, points his thumb say, why down. Why am I aroused? <laughs> <laughs> it's clearly a medieval executioner. You're the one saying it's a gimp outfit. <laughs> clearly, yeah, so clear. Uh, but like, I actually really loved. I don't know if this judge shows up at any other time in this show's history. But I love that someone was like, we need to have someone who's also in costume. Uh, We can't just have a producer who's off to the side being like, yeah, you cheated. We have to have someone who's on camera who can do this dramatic moment so that in this instance, Craig Williams, our boy, uh, finds out that he beat Gemini and we see, and like that also, as far as an editing decision, I thought was super important was seeing from the start that our gladiators aren't these superheroes. They are Mm. able to lose. 
And that gives us some sense of like, oh, who are we rooting for? Are we rooting for the competitors to win? Or are we rooting for these gladiators who have been yeah. built up to just beat the shit out of people? That's another part of this. It's like you really want to, in cultivating the fandom, you have to start thinking about episode 10, episode 20, like of whether or not you want the audience and like kids to buy a doll that's a, that has nitro that looks like nitro or if they want uh, a costume that Sonny wears or something like that, it's really like that. That is a showing a vulnerability in the first episode is so crucial. And like, it, it, we almost see that a little bit in um, iron chef too. And that like, you actually have a very, very close competition. Like, I think, I think I remember like the, co- the contestant that came into um, kitchen stadium, they won one of the categories over the iron chef, which is mm-hmm. like crazy. And because these are people who are at the pinnacle of like what they do and like, you know, you're on Iron Chef for a reason. I think it's it's very important for them to see <laughs> it, it's very important for them to see vulnerability and that that these average Joes can beat them. Well, what I think is important in this pilot is that we're going to have a a winner amongst the competitors at the end mm-hmm. of the day. It's not 100%. the competitor versus yeah. the gladiator they're fighting because you have to believe that a these gladiators are you know forces to be reckoned with who are going to challenge you and push you to your limits but also b that victory is obtainable because yeah. if you go into this and it's just the gladiators coming out on top kind of iron chef style then you're not going to be as inclined to want to keep watching or to sign up to go on it you don't look at it and say i can do that but if you do see this kind of back and forth Gladiators get some wins, contestants get some wins, and at the end of the day, it's which contestant did better than the other person. Then you want to keep watching because you want you want to see like those two different competitions happening side by side. I honestly wish that we could have JW pop in for just this segment because that's such a crucial part of game building. I think for for TV is that you have to show people reaching the mountaintop. You have to show that it is yeah. feasible for someone to do it. Because imagine if you're watching something like who wants to be a millionaire and no one ever gets the million dollar question. You want to see someone do it. Even if it's a rarity, you want to see someone do it. Another thing that's important in pilots, though, is your pacing and your transitions. And the transition out of the first game <laughs> is maybe one of the worst segues I've ever seen. Oh, what the- was that, Max? Well, on the screen, in giant 80s novelty letters, says, uh, coming up, assault. <laughs> yeah. And then, do you remember what the announcer said? Up next, women's assault. And I dropped my phone. <laughs> it was we'll, have tr- that, uh, we'll have that graphic up upsetting. on the YouTube page in case you're uh, curious that if it actually happened. Um, let's talk about the concept of assault. Uh, Whoa, and <laughs> by that, that I mean American Gladiators definition oh. of it. Uh, oh, so, it. first of all, I'm so surprised that this segment was not sponsored by a firearms or military operation. Um, because or like Nerf, just do, yeah, exactly. Do Nerf company, <laughs> do do Nerf. Um, <laughs> but like the concept of this small or this competition is. You have multiple opportunities to hit this target um, with some form of weapon. Uh, You start off with a rocket launcher. Can we talk about how it goes from easily the most 
like boring or not boring, but like the simplest event to by far the one that needs the most explaining like immediately after. Yeah. And <laughs> this, the, our, um, our co-host Mike is trying his fucking hardest to like, <laughs> to give oh, the clearest he, explanation ever of what he, what you have to do when he on camera just absolutely sinks that first like rocket launcher shot. The one that like hits dead bullseye on the first, on the first go. I was like, damn Mike. Okay. Well, and also to, to Mike's uh, credit, Mike was also a former NFL athlete. So, you know, that their skills that are there, mean but they, they're good at shooting guns <laughs> to your knowledge. Uh, but, <laughs> but you have, you start off with a um, rocket launcher. Then from there, you have like a turret gun then you go to a AK forty seven like thing. It was like a pistol at one point. <laughs> or yeah. Um, <laughs> then you get to go to a pistol, and then you get these grenades that are filled with uh, glitter. Uh, the one time we saw one go off, and this this event was one that like through seeing all four contestants. So that's another thing that we definitely should talk about. The way they broke it up, they had they showed the women or the men doing the event, and then they almost did them in reverse order. So we saw the women compete in this event at the beginning of the episode. We saw the men compete in this event at the end of the episode. Um, as far as production goes, you have to assume they did them all at the same time. Otherwise, that is a goddamn nightmare as a whole to set up. But what, what stood out to you other than seeing how everyone shot was and who had the most accurate one. This was the only event that actually like really took up time and was one-on-one because a lot of the one-on-one events last all of seconds. Most of the one-on-one competitions are all of the setup and all of the explanation for like three seconds of action. And so (laughs) I did appreciate that this one is at least like a full minute of fast paced action uh, there is also just such blatant safety disregard. They're like, yeah, the gladiators fire tennis balls at a hundred miles an hour at our contestant who has no padding on whatsoever. Well, and then they show in the intro to the show, a contestant gang hit in the head with a, it was not from this episode, but there's a contestant who got hit in the head with the tennis ball. And then did you guys catch the cameraman behind the contestant had basically an entire padded like barrier so that they don't get hit or the camera doesn't get hit. Yeah. The camera guys dressed like a baseball umpire out here, but everyone else is just taking tennis balls at a hundred miles an hour straight to the ribs in the dome. Yeah. I do want to say there is a, there's a couple moments here where I'm like, they need like a concussion protocol thing for American gladiators because I can, I can see why this show is like difficult to ensure. Well, you're, Rich, I think you did a great job of introing the <laughs> event that I think is the most dangerous that they do. And that's oh, the Powerball. Oh, is it Powerball? Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it's Powerball. So Powerball was the event that you you both mentioned the joust. And I think the joust is the most iconic when it comes to American Gladiator. Yeah. But I think about Powerball just in the utter chaos of what it is. How many people got hurt doing this event (laughs) as a whole? And we literally, the first example that we see is we see our former professional hockey player and former NFL, you know, athlete go up against our gladiators 
And within the first 20 seconds, dude, Nitro gets knocked out fucking cold. Yeah. And definitely has a concussion. He's he's out for most of the 45 seconds of this event. Yeah. Really quickly. And it was absolutely wild because even like Joe Theismann was like, yeah, you know, he, he got, uh, he definitely got the wind knocked out of him for a little bit because remember in 1989, concussions and CTE did not exist. We just called it the getting the wind knocked out of you or having a moment. And like that is a hundred percent what we just saw. I don't know if it's it's Joe or Mike, but when they're explaining the rules to Powerball and they're setting up how it works, how the three on one competition works, how you accumulate scoring. One of the two says might be some meat slapping around out there. Yes. Yes. (laughs) God, the eighties were the best. Um, And like, yeah, this is definitely like, for just a quick synopsis of the rules, strength and quickness score as many goals as you can in 45 seconds. They basically have four, five different posts that you can try to score on. And I will say my favorite, like both of these instances where we had our competitors go, just the strategies were wildly different. So like in the yeah, men's... What was, your, what was your favorite that you saw? Yeah, my favorite was Brenda. Brenda fucking rocked this. Um, because like Brenda also was our smallest competitor by far. I think they said like she weighed 105 pounds and she was like five foot six, like Crazy. small human being, but she would have Frankie. I think she was like five, two or something. Like yeah. That. Like, she was tiny. She, she would have Frankie go out and then she would run behind her and then run around the gladiator and put the ball in and then run back. Literally and, so fucking smart. I'm so proud yeah, of her. But, but like, this is also, this is a moment where I'm just like, Oh, women are so much fucking smarter than men because <laughs> you then see the men. Yeah. Go, but they don't have a podcast about TV pilots, do they? <laughs> <laughs> and you see Craig, just barrel through a human being. And then John is just like, I can do that too. And he gets decked the first time he goes. And like, yeah, this was the one where I was like, we talked about this a little bit with Nick arcade, but you had to sort of have some form of strategy with your fellow contestant or otherwise one of you was going to fail magnificently. There were so many events between John and Craig where it was just so evident that John had all of these aesthetic muscles and Craig was just a bowling ball of a man. <laughs> like Craig just would lower his shoulder. He They say he played fullback for the New England yeah. Patriots. Yeah. Craig would lower his shoulder and at multiple points throughout various competitions just hit sticks someone like we're playing. Yeah, and- That's a big square, dude. You're not even mentioning there were moments in this competition and like talking about Craig being a hit stick. Let's skip over to breakthrough and conquer because this one was bonkers. And this is the one where I think the American gladiators realized, oh, shit, I might have signed up for something that was not great for me (laughs) as a human being, because (laughs) the idea of this was we're going to have someone simulate a Oklahoma drill for the most part. <laughs> yes. And then um, we're going to give, we're going to put the gladiator at a disadvantage because they only have like five yards that they can set themselves up while the running back in this instance can just go as fast as they can over 10 yards of space. And then after that, they have to wrestle a human being, which, you know, never have scored a touchdown in my flag football career, but I never had to wrestle anyone after that. Um, this was the one where I don't know if either of you two caught, but 
Craig, first of all, we, we see John do it. John does fine, right? He, he beats mm-hmm. Gemini. Gemini definitely is exhausted at this point in the competition. And then he beats Malibu. He has a decent time. We see Craig beat the shit out of Gemini. And <laughs> Malibu is watching from his little circle that he's not supposed to exit and basically walks out like without being touched by Craig in a moment of, I don't want to get hurt. And this was the moment where I was like, oh, we might we might need to like think about this event in particular, because this one might be a little <laughs> bit too hard on the uh, on our athletes as a whole. Did what did you guys get anything else from this? This one being one of the most bonkers things that they just were like, this is football. Only thing I got out of this was that there's kind of like no regard for for safety for a lot of these, and I'm like, I, I already watching people like fall off the um, the jousting like I don't know rod, what the hell you yeah, even call sure. that platform? Like already, I can tell that this is going to end poorly. <laughs> and once they start getting into this, I'm like, how far are they going to take this? I, I appreciate that this competition is what if we took two sports and made it one sport, which is <laughs> which is really well thought out. But yeah, it's like you, you watch Gemini just get pancaked by a contestant. You watch Gemini get kicked straight in the stomach in another event by another contestant. You watch people fall from high platforms. You watch Nitro get knocked and not move for a good chunk of a round of a competition. Yeah. Like it is... There is such a blatant disregard for the safety protocols here. And I think that's just like the craziest thing, uh, like 35 years later, to go back and try to process in real time. So two more competitions that we have. One more is just an event. And that is the human swing, the human cannonball. Yeah, the name of this one changes a lot. It's, it's yeah, they, cannonball. Sometimes it's swing shot. It's kind of like Zaploid to be Terminator. They haven't figured out what the name is yet. This <laughs> is the one where I just sort of was like, cool. You know, like it, it seems almost like a game that you would play at a lake or something like that. If you had like a rope yeah, swing kick, or something. Yeah, kick your friend. <laughs> kick your buddy and see if they fall down. <laughs> like, Did you guys <laughs> notice though in this one that they kept referring to the other two attempts that contestants had, but they only showed you the third one? Yeah, 100%. Because it this hmm. is the one that I think producers realized when they were watching back and an editor watching back of like, this is fine, Like, but we don't need to show all three attempts. Like, There's definitely a way I think they could have done it, but I don't think that I was left wanting to see a human swing more after watching the four attempts that we got to see. Yeah, we got camera. like four seconds per person four times, and that was enough. Yeah. Um, <laughs> let's talk about our final event, and that is the Eliminator. Um, so this was the event that was worth mo- the most points. Uh, this was the one where they basically explained, like, hey, you can basically win it, but also they just said for us, for Craig and John, they were like, yeah, Craig really needs to fuck up to not win <laughs> like this event. They were like, he has to lose by like 13 seconds or something like that in order to like <laughs> lose. Does anyone want to describe how this eliminator works? So it's basically, uh, you know, in modern terms, it's uh, it's kind of like a wipeout course meets an obstacle course. You have to roll a giant boulder up a hill and put it into a little this platform where challenge. it stays. You have to run across a ramp while medicine balls are swung at you, but you can't touch them. You then have to do a high ropes course. Uh, 
take one of those ropes, swing across a wall, and then do like a little like NFL shuttle cone drill, burst through a wall, and hope there's not a gladiator behind it. Because if there is, you have to get around them to get to the finish line. Did I, did I cover everything? Yeah, I think you did a great job of covering everything. And I think that this <laughs> was I think this was a really solid ending to our pilot. I think this did give that sense of, you know what, everyone has a chance of winning. Like, yes, we did all of those events, but like if in Craig's case, if you build up a big enough lead, you can, you know, sort of coast through this, but you still have to complete it. And in the case of our two female contestants, it was fairly neck and neck. Uh, until the end of the competition. Um, and that really was the end of this pilot. Like, I would love to hear from you two. Were there any things that you loved about this pilot that maybe we didn't discuss? I have no idea how the scoring works, and I never want to know. There's a point in the women <laughs> in the women's bracket where they say that like Brenda is up by like five points on Frankie, and then there's a 65 point difference between them, and then it's five again, and then it's 115. I I have no idea how points work, especially on the eliminator. Never teach me. I don't care. It, it, I just I love it. Just tell me who wins. I, pr- I promise I'll believe you. Um, yeah. I, I got to say the moment I something I did like was um, when Nitro got knocked the hell out. Gemini kind of stopped to try to help him for the rest of the round. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, OK, that's like a really sweet moment. He's not OK, but, <laughs> are we, but it's really nice that he stopped to do that. I don't know if you guys heard anything about this show, like the they're like the filming of this pilot in particular. It was supposed to be a half day. It was supposed to be like a four hour shoot. It ended up going until six in the morning. Yeah, I believe that. <laughs> yeah, I a hundred percent looking at some of those set pieces, that definitely happened. Once they uh, figured out if Nitro knew where he was and he could and he and he knew his real legal name, not just Nitro after after the concussion testing, they were able to finish up uh, filming. Yeah, so as far as things that I loved about this pilot that maybe we didn't talk about, I I loved how grandiose it felt, right? It felt like the amount of money that they invested into doing this because we've come a long way from horse stables, right? Like we we were filming in front of a live audience at what Universal Studios Hollywood. Uh and like I genuinely watched this and I was just like, wow, this feels like a lot of fun. This feels like an event to be at. Like if I lived in California and someone was like, yeah, we're going to a taping of American gladiators. You want to go? I'd be like, yep. What is that? (laughs) Cancel everything else on my schedule because I am there. Like, so I can get the best seat in the house. Um, what about wait a minute moments other than seeing a man get a concussion on television? Uh, what, what were some things that caused you pause? They are so nonchalant in talking about women's weight in this show. They they (laughs) consistently are like, yeah, you know, Brenda, you know, she's only 110 pounds. And at one point, like, oh, she's working hard. She must have lost 15 pounds out there today. (laughs) Like they they are just so casual with just throwing these women's weight numbers around. That is like jaw-dropping to hear it it, it was like a real 2023 lenses moment for me i'm like i just can't imagine a show getting away with doing that so casually nowadays 
I think I can see why all of our parents are like this. Yeah, this show <laughs> exemplifies why uh, moms from the 90s are almond moms. Uh, 100%. Uh, Rich, what about you? Yeah, remember when Nitro got knocked out and, and Gemini stopped to go help him out? <laughs> Get your head back in the game, Gemini. <laughs> that, that was also my wait a minute moment. <laughs> yeah, it's both. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean... I have it written I, down twice. Yeah, I... <laughs> Also, I think why, that why does it say why am I aroused below? Max, did you <laughs> did you log into my computer? <laughs> um, I would say my wait a minute moment is in a show that reminded me so much of professional wrestling. I needed more of that banter, if mm. that makes sense. I need more of like I don't know if either of you have watched like. Smackdown recently or any of those events, but there's so little wrestling that goes on in comparison to the soap opera level of acting that goes on. Like recently, you know, Dwayne Johnson made his return. That was cool. And it really, really freaking cool. But he only wrestled for maybe a minute of the 12 minutes that he was on stage. I'm not saying we need... I'm not saying we need that ratio, but I would like to have more of an opportunity to hear like this lore be built up of these people. And I think this was something that they tried to attempt to rectify in the revamp of the show and the reboot of the show. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, But yeah, like I think that's just what was missing. It was a lot of, Athlete, 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 maybe a talking head here and there. Mm-hmm. But I think there it was an opportunity of like, yeah, cool. Like, let's have these people build up that idea of like, oh, I, I fucking love Malibu. Malibu's such a jokester. Like, he he just tells these jokes and he pisses off Gemini so much. <laughs> like, like th- and like then, yeah, you have Nitro and it's like, yeah, did you hear what Nitro said? Dude's definitely concussed. Like, th- like I'm, I'm ready for that. Um, but yeah, that's that's wait a minute moments. Um, we do have an in-flight question, and Ooh. the in-flight question this week is very simple. Why am what? I aroused? <laughs> God damn it. Max, you can't keep submitting these questions. <laughs> the the uh, in-flight question is what event or would you like to see these American gladiators compete in against these contestants? Um I wanted to use my answer first. Supermarket sweep. Uh, I want to see them compete in a miniature version of supermarket sweep against the real life people because it would be the funniest fucking thing in the world. What a juxtaposition in this show. Oh, man. Someone getting just absolutely like hockey hit into the the deli section would be such would be so satisfying. I was going to say Jeff's like six, four. He's got these long strides. You know, I actually think he would do really well, uh, a lot better than he actually did on American Gladiators. Yeah, he's only 105 pounds, though, so he's got to really really keep it together. These people are huge. Max, what about you? I'm just trying to think of competition shows that we haven't talked about yet. What was that one where uh, like a wall with various shapes came at you and you had to contort yourself to get through the hole? Oh, my gosh. Was it just called Hole in the Wall? Maybe, sure. Let's go. Yeah, there's, there's I think we just made a boy. show. There's some beefy boys on this show. I'd like to see him try and get to the hole in the wall. <laughs> Rich, what about you? Oh, God. I would love just to see 
them all spin the wheel on uh, no, Price is Right. On the Price is Right. I love watching people just like absolutely throw their whole body into something and having it spin for seven minutes would be such an entertaining thing for, for this. Uh, my secondary answer is compete in a round of Jeopardy and put, bring Alex Trebek out to <laughs> put them all through the ringer. Rich, have you ever seen The Price is Right? We'll have burnout before. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for that in-flight question. We'll talk a little bit more about how to submit those at the end of the episode. Let's talk about the history of this show. Seven seasons and 208 episodes. Unfortunately, uh, Joe Theismann's time on the show was very limited. He only lasted for one season. But returning TV pilot's license star, Larry Sanka came on to replace Joe uh, from oh, a yeah, certain... Right. He was in Ballers. He w- Yes, he was in wow. that. He was in that show. Uh, so there were 32 different athletes that competed or who appeared on the show as gladiators. Uh, and there were a few documentaries that have recently come out as NDAs have started to potentially go by the wayside uh, that speak to... The conditions that these athletes went through, what they dealt with. Um, and I highly recommend, you know, watching those, learning a little bit about it because it is complicated and it is sad in many instances of what happened to these athletes. Um, I did want to give a quick update about our boy, Craig Williams. Uh, Craig Williams is now working in a martial arts studio as a master martial oh. artist. Uh, and my boy is killing it. I'm going to post a photo in, uh, or on our, uh, let's go Craig. Yeah. On the screen, feel free to check it out, but Craig looks great. Um, as far as additional stuff with this show though, uh, the show was syndicated. It did not have a home network, which I found super interesting. It was syndicated across multiple networks. Um, and then it went on to additional syndication for some of the seasons of the show. Uh, in 1995, this is my favorite thing I found out about the show. There was a dinner show that they had with the actual American gladiators competing on it, uh, as well as a cast of additional athletes. We'll talk a little bit about one of those in particular. Uh, but when like you say dinner show, you mean like a medieval times type of situation? Yeah, I'm talking medieval times That's, where they're competing oh, against each oh, other. Oh, I'm, I'm, take my money right I am, now. I am I in it. Now. I I am in it to win it. Like, what do they do if you're the birthday boy? Do you Ooh. get to go and joust? Uh, or do they? What do they throw instead of roses? Uh, do <laughs> do you get like a jock strap? I need to know more about this dinner They'll show. Knock you clean out. Um, <laughs> if it's your birthday. So, We've made mentions of it. This show was revived in 2008, hosted by Hulk Hogan. Um, it did actually return two of the athletes uh, to the show in different senses of the word. One was Mike O'Hearn. Uh, if that name sounds familiar, um, he was an actor. He's a very famous bodybuilder, but he was the understudy for Thor, who appeared on the show. The other one was Dan Clark. And you're like, who the fuck is Dan Clark? Dan Clark, a.k.a. Nitro, was one of the executive producers on the show after switching to being a commentator on this in the series for the final two seasons after Nitro's uh, hush money really paid off after that. After first getting a pretty, pretty bad uh, injury. I was going to say he got series. the Joe Theismann treatment. He got hurt so bad. They just love start doing play by play. Yeah. And <laughs> I will say 
this show definitely has a complicated legacy. I I think that you'd be doing yourself a disservice if you didn't learn a little bit more about what the American gladiators went through. But at the same time, you know, I think I like to think we've grown as a society, but who knows? Um, Rich, you know what, what better way to talk about our, uh, Game of the week and Rich's game of the week. Yeah, uh, I'm so glad we're we're at the segment now because uh, I feel like we didn't talk so much about a lot of this show, and I, I feel like there is almost like two hours of this show that we didn't like get to yet. Uh, but I wanted to see if you guys could do uh, nail a couple trivia questions about the rest of the or about the rest of this pilot. Um, my first question is: uh, What color was the tunic Maximus wore under his leather armor when he shouted at the crowd, "Are you not entertained?" Is it red, <laughs> blue, yellow, or brown? Do you remember? I think it was like a really dirty version of blue. I feel like I'm getting like a, like a reddish maroon. It was. Oh no. <laughs> It was blue. Well done. Oh, hell yeah. Let's go. Uh, and, you know, I thought that was a pretty important part of the pilot. I that was uh, I, I'm so glad that we uh, that we finally got to talk about it. I can't believe that for me, that was the best bit of dialogue that they covered in the entire show. Wait, hold on, Rich. Yeah. Did, did you watch Ridley Scott's 2000 film Gladiator? Yeah. Yeah. But I watched the American version. Oh my god. Well was that not part of this? I I mean I I appreciate the effort. And (laughs) you know what? As a sign of a good job, we're gonna give you thirty of the hundred points that you could have received, Rich. Uh, F minus, F (laughs) minus. Uh but thank you for that game of the week. Um our flight is coming towards a land. And before we go, I have two questions for each of you gentlemen. And first question is, would you continue watching this version of the show? We found it on YouTube. Uh, we're going to provide the link underneath the YouTube video as well as on the podcast so that y'all can check this out if you're interested. But also, do you think that there should be another attempt at reviving this show? And you know, we are in the midst of a strike. Uh, maybe third time's a charm in making this one stick. I no, I, I, I'm please, please stop making, please stop rebooting this. Um, oh, okay. I will say my answer is a no. Yes. No, I'm not watching any reboots of this. Stop it. Yeah. I'm watching another episode of the eighties version. <laughs> Hell yeah. And the whole reason is. It's campy as shit. I want more. I want more campy. I want more weird muscular posing. I want more people with weird names that don't really indicate how good of an athlete they are. I want that. I do not want whatever the hell it's going to become in the next iteration of this, either during this writer's strike or the next one. Max, what about you? Yeah, I'm going to answer the questions in the order you asked them first, brother. Am I going to keep watching? (laughs) You absolutely bet I am. I am obsessed with this. I want to watch every single episode. It is so much fun. It is so campy. I feel like if I were a couple years older, this is something that I would have just been hooked on as a kid. And it's, it's delightful. It's dangerous. It's stupid. I can't get enough. Should it be made today? No, absolutely not. Ironically enough, post-2008, there's been two other 
development attempts that have failed, one of which was from Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg's company that never got off the ground. The second one a couple of years ago. Oh, no, ago, their company's WWE, doing quite well. WWE tried to actually just do their own version. That's still in development hell. I don't care if these happen. The biggest reason, though, that I don't think it happened, besides the blatant disregard for human safety, is this show is so over the top and so scripted that it somehow comes back around and becomes oddly sincere. And I think that <laughs> I think that stuff today is too self-aware to get away with how fun American Gladiators was in the late 80s, early 90s. You know who the biggest heel in the WWE right now is? It's oh. Logan Paul. And do you know what, what his shtick is? Mm-hmm. It's that he's Logan Paul yeah. and people don't like him. That sucks. That's, that's so the boring. worst. That's the worst wrestling heel I've ever heard. Ugh. And I just can't I can't see a version of the show that doesn't give in enough to let these characters take over. So so no, I'm gonna keep watching this version. I don't want to see anything new. Yeah, and I'll follow you up. Uh as far as continuing to watch this version of the show. Um, all of us are going to be seeing each other the weekend after we're recording this podcast. Ooh. And I fully plan on us watching an episode of the show oh, while yeah. we are getting ready to go out because I, a hundred percent, I'm continuing to watch this. This is not only a great time capsule, but this is just fun. Like there are, you can go ahead and root for the gladiators. You can root for the contestants you can root for Joe remembering his lines. Like there, there's so much that in this show that I love um, that I don't think we can recreate today in a way that will hit. Um, and I say that because I think that versions of this show exist today. They're just not this, right? You have American Ninja Warrior where like you see these everyday human beings who like have regular jobs, like they're a school teacher or this person works as an electrician. And then you see them climb a hundred foot rope in 30 seconds. And you're like, holy shit. I didn't know that was possible. That's really cool. But there's a reason that debuts in the summer because there's nothing really else to watch. Like there are the wipeouts. There are the, you know, there's these wacky shows that just are ridiculous. You have the comedians and all that stuff. You don't really need this. And then when those aren't on, WWE is on throughout the year. It is it is consistent as hell. It doesn't stop. Um, yeah, that and, sport doesn't have a season. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't have a season. It is just, it is year-round. They are traveling and they are doing it. Like, I, I'm so conflicted about this being rebooted because I, I wish there was a way to do it where I wouldn't worry about the athletes if that makes sense, right? True. That's my number one concern because I think as we watch this episode, there is a man who definitely got concussed in this episode uh, and the athletes did not know what to do in that moment. I think that in the 2008, they added padding. People weren't as large as they were in this and it became more athletic and oh, a little less bit- rampant steroid use amongst yeah. the cast. Um, and that that helped a little bit, but it still was missing that edge i don't know how you make a version of this max and i think you said it really quite well that is what this pilot brings that magic that this brings and until you figure out that missing piece if you do congratulations you are onto a multi-million dollar paycheck but until then 
let's just savor what we got. Um, with that all being said, where can we find you two gentlemen and this, as this plane has landed? Uh, you uh, can find me delicately explaining that women's assault is a fun competition on TV <laughs> to someone who is very, uh, very innocently entering the room while I'm watching this. <laughs> also, you can find me at Damn That's Rich on Instagram. You can find Max and my sketch comedy at Dadwagon Comedy on TikTok. You can find me making moves, competitive moves, and on all things <laughs> and on all things social media at Maxwell Singh. Oh god. <laughs> oh my god. Uh oh my god. I can't. I can't. Um you can find me competing in nonstop anaerobic action uh but you can also find me on social media at run jeff run you can find the tv pilots license on all social media as well as anywhere you listen to podcasts at tv pilots license if you have a question about the show or for our next episode you can email us at tv pilots license at gmail.com or give us a call at 213-290-1713. Make sure to watch out for our Instagram for a sneak preview of some of our upcoming episodes. But with the plane landed and the seatbelt sign off, we look forward to flying the bright skies of the TV world with you again soon. And until then, be an American, be an American gladiator. And we're coming to get you.